talk with your bros about their feelings. Yeah, get in bed with your bros. Share share an iPod mini. (laughs) Find an iPod mini. Welcome to another episode of Well-Behaved Women. My name's Emily. My name's Meredith. Yeah. So we uh, our theme this week, I would say, mm-hmm. is going to be like men and me too. Yeah. So we didn't want to leave you guys out. We know you're feeling lonely and neglected, yeah. all you men out there. Not getting talked about. <laughs> <laughs> Must be really hard for you guys. But yeah, so we found a couple of stories that we thought were interesting and we wanted to discuss this week mm-hmm. um, that kind of center around that theme like what do dudes doing about me too how do they feel about it what should they be doing yeah um so the first one i was listening to npr as i do every morning when <laughs> i get ready for work brand. uh <laughs> truly on brand um for how old lady i am but um it was basically talking about the Me Too movement um, a, a, roughly a year later. And kind of it was a poll from NPR and Ipsos um, showing that people are still pretty divided on the issue of sexual assault and harassment. Um, most people surveyed said that, like, the movement has been a good thing. It's created a climate where people are held accountable. Um, but then 40 percent, which I think is still a pretty big That's number. Pretty high, yeah. Um, think that the movement has gone too far. They said in the story that, like, too far was not very defined in the poll. But basically, I think it comes down to the notion of, like, we need to be giving the accused the benefit of the doubt. Um, And I I was, Mm -hmm. as I was, you know, putting in my contact lenses and (laughs) putting on my mascara for the day, listening to this, I was like, damn it. Like, after all of this, it's like, I guess it's not surprising, but I'm a little annoyed that people are still like, Oh, but we should give guys the benefit of the doubt. Mm. It's interesting. Uh, it seems like in like they said in follow up conversations, um, people who responded to the survey said it uh, was uh, was rushed to judgment. Um, the prospect of unpe- unproven accusations ruining people's careers, reputations, and a bandwagon effect that may prompt some to claim sexual misconduct for behavior that doesn't rise to that level. So I think those are things that have been discussed actually a lot mm-hmm. in the me too i think that's but th- i think we've discussed it i think yeah. lots of people have discussed it lots of feminists have discussed it um i kind of think the way when we're looking at this poll and when we're thinking largely especially in the light of the kavanaugh hearings um and him now being on the supreme court i think maybe we've sort of entered kind of a backlash kind of phase yeah. right after that because i do think there are was a period probably after me too that it seemed like you know it was gaining steam it seemed like people were getting on board and i do think that it that we have created at least somewhat more of a yeah a better environment for people to discuss sexual harassment and assault but at the same time like i do i think there are often backlashes against an increasing like in towards social movements as they push forward in like almost any arena and i think as for women too that that has happened and probably yeah. will continue to happen so i think that might be again what's going on here yeah and the other thing in the poll i mean they're they kind of pose the benefit of the doubt question to people who are victims and people who are accused and to be fair i mean still the majority of people in both political parties and in both male and female were saying that 
victims of sexual assault should be given the benefit of the doubt which is that's a good positive thing yeah the thing that i don't think is surprising is really kind of the party divide that happens like 85 percent of democrats said victims should be given the benefit of the doubt where only 67 republicans surveyed um 72 men 72 percent men and 83 percent women so there is still that gap yeah um but i don't really think that's surprising given the fact like i don't know I, I do sometimes wonder if that partisan divide would exist if it weren't 2018 around the midterms after just going through the Kavanaugh stuff, mm-hmm. which was, you know, even though judges are not supposed to be partisan, it became a partisan issue. But I mean, I do think um, it's pretty telling that women and Democrats are a little bit more um, open to these conversations um, yeah. or at least a little bit more willing to be believing of women and um skeptical of the accused or yeah. The, of, of yeah the accused yeah i mean i think it i think that might still exist even if it wasn't in this yeah polarizing i mean climate. it would i, I just think, wonder if it would be as much yeah i think maybe one thing feeds the other because there just are not that as many women or very many women at all that you know who reach high up in the republican party like there mm-hmm. are a lot more prominent female democrats yeah so i think that probably has an impact i think maybe gender might have an impact on how you feel about it based on your own experiences sure um though it's like it's that that's not a end-all be-all either because you know plenty of women have said things that are not very supportive of the me too movement you know i hear i hear it a lot in stories about it and sometimes i think a lot of that too comes from not wanting to feel like a victim of anything or to not wanted to confront anything that's ever happened to you, I think. Or just being like kind of taken the, so I was watching an episode of the West Wing earlier Ooh, um, and there's this Republican woman in it and the the characters were having a debate about the ERA, the equal rights amendment. Yeah. Um, And she was like, ah, and she's like a Southern like Republican. She's really blonde. Her name is Ainsley Hayes on the West Wing. (laughs) All you West Wing fans out there. (laughs) But she's like, I am insulted that like I assumed I was already equal. And I'm like, okay, but that's stupid to assume that. Yeah, But you're not. I I got really mad just because Aaron Sorkin, I think is a, he writes shitty women characters like CJ Craig aside. But anyway, I could go on a whole rant about Aaron Sorkin right now. But my point is that like there are, women who take kind of the stance of like well i don't need you know kind of almost like the bootstraps mentality that we use for like socioeconomic yeah things like i don't need like i can pull myself up by my bootstraps i don't need help from the government or from whoever um people in hr you know to help me because i'm self-sufficient and i don't want to say that that's not a valid thing but i think it invalidates other women's experiences which i think is my issue with it like if you want to feel that way that's fine but like don't yeah it's not not a universal feeling right Hmm. anyway all right well we can move on to our next um story we're doing kind of another lightning round (laughs) yeah another lightning round but anyway so our next one um this was a opinion piece in the new york times by george yancey yancey sorry (laughs) sorry george (laughs) I think it was a good piece, George. I just really like saying your name. Yancey. <laughs> it's fun to say. Um, so anyway, so this piece was entitled Hashtag I Am Sexist. And it's kind of like the subhead is it's time that we men take responsibility for our role in the problem of violence against women. And I, I think it was a well-written and good piece. And I 
liked it. It uh, was came out at the end of uh, last month. And when I read it, I was like, okay, yeah, I think this is mm-hmm. probably right, but difficult to implement. Like we said, it's kind of the basic, if I'm g- giving like a roundup of the, yeah, of the opinion piece is he's pretty much just saying that like men really need to stand up. And in this era of like me too, women coming forward and saying what's happened to them, what their experiences are, men need to come forward and say, hey, like, these are things that I have been taught to do and that I have done mm-hmm. um, and that I've I've acted this way and I've acted in a sexist or misogynistic manner. And that's the only way that we can really get rid of misogyny and, and the patriarchy <laughs> in general is by if people who perpetrate it or who are being taught to perpetrate it recognize it and do mm-hmm. something about it, which, I mean, I think that is 100% true. I don't think we can really move forward in any movement of mm-hmm. like any ism or prejudice without people saying like hey listen this is the the culture that i was raised in and what i was taught from such a long time like i need to think about that and what i've done and what i will do in the future you know because we can't yeah. can, we can't move forward if we're just going to be like no yeah I'm this fine. is a problem yeah. but i've never done yeah anything. i've never done it it's like when like i've are, never even thought anything it's like you when know? people are like i'm colorblind it's like shut the fuck up no you yeah the, the, that's, the, that's the exact thing like you can't make change if you refuse to acknowledge that it's yeah. real you know i thought it was interesting is that he just straight up says i am sexist exclamation point um and I exclamation think, point i think that it's like <laughs> sorry um i think it's i don't i mean i was reading it and i was like i mean i'm sexist too like i oh yeah i said stuff that's very gendered about women you know, and because we all, we all, because we all come up with that bias. I think any mm-hmm. woman or even feminist who's like, I, like, I've never said anything sexist. I'm just like, really? You didn't call a girl a bitch in middle school? Yeah, you or didn't. Or like, like call Sally a slut when she, you know, stole your boyfriend. That's like, like the biggest thing, I think. I think like slut shaming yeah, behaviors sure. between women too. I, I think that's something that, oh, it's for that sure like I have to like think about. Oh, me too. You know? Yeah. And just be like, okay, like that wasn't cool. Like you don't need to, that's yeah. not sending your business or anything to yeah. do with you, you know? Um, Or anytime a woman is in power and you think, what a bitch, you know, yeah. just because she's like trying to do her job um but yeah i think i thought it was an interesting piece he talks about this example of like when he was married he like really wanted his wife to take his last name and she was like no i don't want to do that and he like couldn't really see why he like thought you know um i i don't really get it and she was like well it's my name as part of my identity um and i i mean that's a pretty like ideological example it's not like he's like oh i did you know something overtly uh sexist but i think it's a good yeah violent or or like verbally you know overtly sexist but i thought it was interesting because it's it's that kind of like not microaggression that's not the right way to use that word but like this kind of like latent thing that well why wouldn't you take my last name you know it's like it's so ingrained in us i think is what i'm trying to say that like he didn't even realize he was being sexist yeah. in that moment, and I. But I think it's a it's a nice idea. I liked the piece, but I was just like, good fucking luck, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like, hard is, to this, make people think. Yeah, like that. it's like because people want to think that they're perfect or that they don't make mistakes. I mean, it's human nature to be like, you know, if you make a mistake, to just like force the pain away from yourself and be like, no, I didn't, I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> I um, was fine. I was fine. <laughs> it was his fault. He rear-ended me. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think it's, 
I don't know. I I did have a moment when I was reading it where I kind of rolled my eyes because I was just like, yeah, this would be great if it weren't like 2018 and everybody was super divided. Like, can you really see Mitch McConnell coming forward and being like, oh, I'm a sexist. Oh, oh. No, I, yeah. I, I implement sexist policy. Like, I, he's not going to do that. But at the same time, I think it is doable long term, you yeah. know, because obviously it had to happen on some level to make any of the gains that we've made so far, you know? Yeah. And it's something that we can teach our kids. Yeah. You know? Like even the fact that he's discussing with his wife, whether she would take his last name is way different than like, you know, your grandmother's like, she didn't discuss it. Yeah. She had to do it. Yeah, it <laughs> like, like there was no like, choice. Like, What's wrong with you? It's, there was no We're going to put you in the insane asylum. Yeah, like, there was yeah. no room for your husband to get mad or question it because there was no way that, that was you weren't going to keep your maiden name. You know, yeah. <laughs> you weren't going to keep that name. Um, yeah, so I thought this was a good a good point. Like, I think that's sorry, what... Sorry about the honk <gasps> that just happened rude. in the background. <laughs> rude. I'm going to go find that person. My, <laughs> We're I should recording say, a podcast here. We're recording a podcast and, like, my apartment is directly across from a parking garage. Like, it's probably... 20 feet away from us so it's um Hi, you know the charms of urban living the charms of urban living but yeah anyway yeah so yeah i think this is i think this is the step that you need to take and i think that's the step that everybody needs to take in terms of every like prejudice that mm-hmm. exists like you need to like ex- like think about the fact that you grew up in a racist culture and mm-hmm. you probably absorb that you need to grow up and fa- like understand the fact that you've grown up in a homophobic culture and that's how things you know how you're probably wired to think initially yeah that reminds me of this. Have you ever read Bossy Pants by Tina Fey? I haven't read it. I've read <gasps> parts of it. I've read oh, the beginning. It's so and good. Like I highly recommend store. it on audiobook because you like she oh, does yeah. it and it's really good. But she talks about how um, the, your homophobic mention there made me think of it. How she was in this theater world in like Philadelphia in like I guess the 70s or 80s when she was a kid. And she was in this theater group and like loved all the like weirdos. And, you know, they're all just like a bunch of weird yeah. people coming together and doing art and she got really like jealous of her like gay older friend um or she thought it was like jealousy or something um and she was trying to kind of like I, like to use the phrase like cock block this guy when he was like trying to like kind of get physical and intimate with um this other man and she said she had this moment now as an adult where she kind of confronted the fact that she was really just being homophobic that really she was like I'm grossed out by the fact that these two men want to be together. And I thought that that was like a good way to confront it. It's like we mask these things with other emotions. Like mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of an example of like a sexist one. Um, oh, I can think of one. Oh, go. I've, I once I remember thinking I was on the train and I saw a woman who like, this is kind of a dumb one, but mm-hmm. she like didn't shave her legs at all. And I remember my first thought was like gross. Yeah. And that's a good example. Cause I, I probably, had like, that standing next to a dude who had the same level yeah. of hair on his legs and I wouldn't have thought that so it's kind of like um like I was immediately after I was thinking I was like that's stupid like literally there's no difference but it was just it was just completely a sexist thing that like I think that she should have a certain level of grooming Mm -hmm. because she's a woman she needs to hold herself to this difficult standard I had the same experience on the train except it was a woman with armpit hair and I was like ew and then I was like, wait, what, like, what is this, what is this, gr- like, emotion really coming from? Because, like, in the Tina Fey example, it was, like, homophobia mass is, like, jealousy or, like, I'm a bratty kid who's trying to, like, break up my friend from his boyfriend. Yeah. But, like, it, for me, it was, like, gro- like grossed outness, but really it's sexism, you know? And I yeah. think 
that there it's a we just like put another emotion with it like oh this guy was being a jerk and it's like are you sure you weren't just like having some kind of racial expectation for that person you know what i mean yeah um so i think that and it's a hard thing to confront it's hard but i think it's also important to to think that like you're maybe not your word your initial thoughts your first like impulse thoughts like you are the what you think to confront that like if your first impulse is like gross or like Mm -hmm. "Ah," like like stay you know whatever like if your next thought is like that wasn't cool like don't like don't act like that don't be a dick then you know i think that's more you than your first impulse that you know has been you know pushed into you by however many years you've lived on earth you know i think it's just like don't like hate yourself but also be aware of what you're what you're initially thinking there's a healthy balance between like i'm a dick and i hate myself and also like you know that was dickish of me and i need to improve and i think the ability to like recognize stuff is something that people should like that they should own like hey i'm willing to change and i think that's an admirable quality to be able to say like you know what when I called What's-Her-Face a slut in high school, that was probably just, like, jealousy and sexism wrapped up in the fact that, you know, I was sitting at home on Friday night with a book. Yeah. Um, so. It was, I thought I was better yeah. because I was, you know, it, it, it's... I did not think I was better. Yeah. <laughs> that was but never I think the a issue. Lot, I, yeah, that's true. But I also think a lot of, like, the like the girl stuff when you're like the the weirdest thing about like the middle school girl attitude when you're like you know I'm one of the boys like I don't really like yeah, girls I, like I was that I, annoying person yeah God. but the, but you know the real reason for that is is because you don't want to be treated yeah. like a girl you want to be yes. treated like a boy who's treated you know well you're their friend that's you don't want to be treated like some dumb slut that they're yeah because like, that's what they're thinking so it's it's really also I think when it's like internalized stuff I think it's also wrapped up in fear of how you're going to be treated. Yeah. Um. And I think that's probably true for like homophobia too, and for like a bunch of other things. Like you're you see how other people are like that, and you don't want to be treated like that. So you yeah. feel like you need to push outwards. Right. Or yeah, I think that's a good point. Mm. But yeah, I mean, I thought this was overall an interesting um, New York Times op-ed. I mean. Like I said, I don't know how practical it is, but I think the ability to step back and just be like, hey, you know, um, what I'm doing or saying or what I've done in the past is not cool, but I'm going to try and be better. I think that's okay. And like, you know, your career isn't going to be ruined. I think that's part of it, too, is that there's just this fear that your reputation and your career and whatever you have in life is going to be taken away from you because like you you know tried to date a co-worker once or something yeah or something you know and it, i don't know if that's necessarily true and all and no. all you know i think many many things you just need to like consider consider your thoughts and actions even with time and that's it's almost like you should do that for all things oh god you know thinking. like how you like treat other people you should just like you mean i have to think it. every day meredith like like <laughs> Like that time I yelled at a United employee, do I feel bad about it? Yeah. Was she being mean to me? Uh-huh. But like, was me being mean back any, was that helpful? No. But you know what? I've, I, I'm not going to yell at a United employee again. It's a whole story. Air, airports are stressful places. I, I literally got so mad that I cried. Oh, no. It was one of those things Which where you're just like. Which undermined your yeah. anger. <laughs> I was just like, you do keep and then I just 
walked away. It was, I was trying to help my parents get on a plane. It was stressful. Anyway, um, so speaking of how can I change mm-hmm. and Thinking. examining your behavior, um, another New York Times piece that was really interesting. Um, it's eight stories of men's regret. Um, and it's basically the New York Times kind of put a call out for stories of men from men about mm. things that they've done that they regret um, in terms of sexual assault or sexual harassment. And I think yeah. they, what they only took the people who signed their name to it. Um, they got yeah. like a lot of responses, but they only, they didn't want to do anonymous ones. And so a lot of them are, they said are men who are um, interestingly near retirement or retired age, like yeah. of that age, because that, you know, there isn't that like career worry that like a lot of them said, well, I'm not going to give you my name because, like, I'm worried about my career and my reputation. <clears throat> but it was really interesting to see men, um, you know, later in life kind of confronting their behavior from when they were as young as, like, 15 years old um, to stuff that, like, is pretty gross and, like, not cool, <laughs> to put it mildly, but also, like, not necessarily, like, this person is a terrible person because they did this thing when they were 15. Um, yeah. So... Anyway, you want to take the range? It's interesting because these stories, um, they said they, they got a lot of responses and some of that, they said some of them were like disturbing. Like yeah. people would say they participated in like gang rapes, but because you had to like put your name Sign to your it, name I, to, yeah. obviously those men didn't seem as excited to do that. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them are still things that, I mean, would definitely, I would say, count as like harassment or assault. Yeah. The first one, it was um, a man who at the time, this was in like 19, it said he graduated high school in 1970. He was 15 when this happened. Um, and that two was his friends. Uh, he said, two of my friends and I once took a drive with a girl who lived on my street. We drove to the top of Mullahan Drive and told her she would have to walk home unless she would allow us to fondle her and expose her breasts. This only occurred once I was in the car, but it was sort of a trick to play on girls that had been passed down by one of my friend's older brothers. And he was saying that, like, as a father of two millennial daughters and one millennial son, I would be horrified today if anything close to that ever occurred. And he said this was the first time that he ever, like, spoke about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, go, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, well, I thought, I mean, this one is kind of like, so pretty much you're saying, like, I don't like that. That's pretty horrible. If you were the girl in this situation, that would be pretty horrible. You would feel trapped. Yeah. Like more than anything, I think you would feel scared because even if they were like, well, then I guess you can walk home. It would be like, or are you going to let me leave? Like, right. Um, and a lot of, I think a lot of them in here had, had similar kind of things. Like, um, they would just like go to try to grope girls. Yeah. There's um, a lot of groping and a lot of like, uh, there was some stories where it was like, I didn't, you know, she didn't say no, but I could tell she was uncomfortable. And I was like pleading with her to like perform oral sex on me or something. You know, it, there was a lot of those types of stories where it was like pressuring women um, rather or, yeah. than or like threatening yeah. like, with other boys around. Yeah. Um, like one of them was like they, it was like him and a friend in, in the car. And then he was saying like he was like talking about like the sexual possibilities of what could happen with the guy. And she was like right there. And she was like obviously afraid because she was now stuck in this car with two guys. Um, and he was like, he didn't like know why he did it, but his friend looked at him and said, you're, you're such an asshole sometimes. Like, yeah. So obviously his friend knew it was bad. Like it was, it's pretty clear that none, all of them were kind of saying like at the time it se- it didn't seem so wrong or terrible, but there was also kind of a level there that they knew it wasn't okay. 
yeah. what they were doing. Well, and he said, like, I was a Fonzie type or, like, he was trying to channel some, like, cool, like, sexy actor. Yeah. Um, And I think that w- was, like, a flag for me where it's just, like, our male role models for young yeah. men are not, have historically not been great. They're all, like, even if you think, like, of the lead men, and I'm not saying that they're, like, held up as role models by any means, but if you look at the lead men and a lot of, you know, sitcoms or dramas on television like don draper (laughs) is a shitty dude and like yet he's supposed to be our like male ideal um and i think that that's part of like that was something that came across me as something that we could do about it is write and perform more decent men who are like i'm not saying like family men with like a cardigan wrapped around their shoulders but always wearing a cardigan yeah but i mean just like men who are like complicated and interesting without being like oh well i took betty into my office and showed my penis to her you know what i mean like <laughs> as you do as you as totally does. normal <laughs> yeah i agree i think a lot of these um like the stories definitely kind of have like there was even one one man who said like he um came out as gay later yeah so he was saying that a lot has changed for him but like when he was 21 um a woman she wor- I worked with asked me to take her daughter to senior prom. Her daughter had a reputation for being easy. I went to the prom with her daughter. I remember trying to put my hand up her skirt in the back of the limo. I don't even think we were kissing. She protested and I persisted. Um, so she was very uncomfortable and distraught. And he said that he probably thought he was probably high or drunk. Um, and he said he felt guilty when he saw her mom later. So it was kind of like he knew it was yeah. it was wrong. And I think that's a consistent thing on these they kind of like know deep down that this isn't the way they should act but it's also like built on top of like all these layers of like but this is the way i've seen men behave like you said in like tv or in movies and this is the way like this was passed down from my parent like my dad this is what we did like there was also that one interesting example where one of the guys talks about how he was like did something i forget which one it was but he did something where he like made a woman uncomfortable or like forced her into doing something or pressured her into doing something. And then later he was like sexually kind of, I guess assaulted by his boss. Oh yeah. Yeah. There was boss like cornered him and he like performed oral sex on him and like, and it was unwanted and like kind of trapped him and he like quit his job. Um, And I thought that was really interesting where it's like the, the, like male power stru- like structure is still there because it was a man yeah but it was like he felt like he i guess he was like oh i know what women feel like now i think yeah like, what i know what loosely like what i feels yeah like, i know yeah. i now know like what that girl i did that to felt like and i thought yeah i mean if you put yourself in someone else's shoes it's mm-hmm. very easy to be like oh i can see why that is upsetting but yeah yeah i do think all of this is kind of based on like you said like once you're able to like see someone as like a, a person, person just like yeah like a person just like you like a human being yeah and if this happened to you how would you feel i think that's really the core of a lot of these issues like at the time they're kind of saying like you know i thought this like they're obviously not thinking of them right. as people like they are they're not thinking of them with feelings or how would you feel if like this was happening to you yeah they're you know they think of them as like a totally different species this is the way things are supposed to be done and i yeah i think i think that's like the deepest issue here and i'm mo- obviously all of these men 
have in time like re- like regretted it and mm-hmm. said like um like hey this this was obviously not not okay yeah i mean they all expressed yeah. um remorse and i the one that i thought was really interesting was a man who was 83 82 sorry and he like it was like kind of kissing a woman who was just like clearly not interested in it and she wasn't really saying no or stop but she just like obviously wasn't into yeah. it and but he just like kept kissing her and he was like I, I'm nearly 82 years old now. I should have stopped. And I'm sure I should have apologized. I did neither. I'm sorry, Diane. And I like was like, oh. Yeah. That <laughs> was for you. That was That's like the really, last one they had. Yeah, that was a powerful one. And I think like. It was short. but And it was kind of like basic too. Because it was like. Yeah. It was. He said she didn't say anything. Like it wasn't like as, as clear cut. But he knew that she didn't want to do it. Because she like wasn't moving. Yeah. Wasn't doing anything. I wonder like how much. Like we, you know, when we shared our stories a few weeks ago or when women shared their stories um, for the ones that are, you know, obviously not to the level of like rape or sexual yeah. assault. I wonder how much and I'm sorry would make a difference. Um, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I wonder how much being because like if you think about it, when someone apologizes to you, you've been now put in a position of power because you have the up, you're you can be like, I forgive you or I don't. Yeah. And by the way, like you don't to, to women out there, you don't have to forgive anybody like that is not your job. Um, but I do think like uh, when somebody when one of the guys in that like college situation I was in, like came and apologized to me later that week, it did feel better. And mm-hmm. I think it, it does give you at least a sense of validation, like somebody recognizes that what happened was wrong and it wasn't just me. So I yeah. think that. I think that's a thing. And like, if you're a guy listening to this and you've done something stupid because like people are do do dumb shit when they're teenagers, like, you know, consider an apology. It's a hard thing to do, but it's also harder carrying around, you know, shame that like the shame that women do for years after they experience these after, you know, experiencing these things. I think this was discussed too, around the, around the Kavanaugh hearing time. Remember there was a, a daily episode where a writer was on who kind of explained that something similar had happened. Mm-hmm. She felt like she was, um, I don't think she was assaulted. She wasn't like raped, but I think he like was kind of trying to. Yeah. Um, and years later, I think he ran into her and he apologized. And she said that it made a real difference for her mm-hmm. that it was kind of like, um, she, he obviously seemed really regretful and remorse and he, told her what that he knew that it was wrong and that he was sorry and it seemed like it made like a difference for her and she was kind of commenting on on the podcast um that you know that's why it would be so hard for christine blasey ford because like she's not getting any acknowledgement that anything happened and Mm -hmm. it's kind of like maybe it would help her to like be like hey maybe this did happen and i'm sorry about it as opposed to just be like this never happened like yeah i don't remember it and it definitely didn't happen um, right. So that that was kind of a discussion there, and I, I think that's true. I think you're right. I think that would it, it's definitely. I think that puts it on the level like you recognize that what you did to another person was wrong, yeah. and you recognize that they are a person <laughs> with the same right. level of feelings as you. I think the sad thing is for a lot of women is they feel like it was so inconsequential to people who hurt them. Yeah. Um that it hurts them even more because it makes them feel even less than, you know, like mm-hmm. they weren't even important enough to be a, like a memory. Right. So yeah. I think that might be 
like the the double down of, of the sadness there. Right. Sadness. And also, like, I'm not saying forgiving someone is gonna like heal all your wounds, especially no. if what you were, what you experienced is particularly egregious. But I mean, I think. I don't know. I think it's time for guys to just step the fuck up. Like, it's not like, you know what being a man is? It's like owning up to your fault. You know, if you want to talk about like masculinity, just like be an adult and an adult admits when they're wrong and apologizes for it. And I don't I don't get why that's so hard. At the very least, just like recognize it yeah i mean i'm not saying you have to like like some of these guys are like i'm searching for this woman on facebook so i can apologize like you know you don't have to do that i mean it's nice if you do want to yeah it seems nice but like at least be like you know that was not cool even if it's just to like yourself or a a buddy that you drinking some brewskis with i don't know well at least it also shows to like other if you talk to other people about it it like demonstrates to them too that like that wasn't cool yeah because i think a lot of these these stories too had that element of like bro friendship like like oh yeah we're just like cool teens and we're just like (laughs) harassing this girl because we're boys that's what we do yeah (laughs) like and at least that you're showing like no that wasn't cool and you another bro (laughs) will now understand that it wasn't cool brought a bro brought a bro I just a lot of this I do think has to come back to like how men relate with each other yeah like it can't all be women being like don't do this stop doing this please stop treating me like this I just can't express like when I talk to some of my guy friends I'm like do you guys ever talk about like feelings and they're like no and I'm like why it's so fun talk about feelings get drunk and talk about feelings that's what I do with Emily all the time oh yeah we have so many feelings that's another thing that was brought up in the I am sexist uh, opinion about how um, he was referencing bell hooks um an amazing feminist and how men kind of like uh he used it like they kind of like kill their soul yeah <laughs> um and all these different things yeah soul murder they is quote unquote Jeez. which are just ways to like push those emotions down and to make sure that you're a man and like you don't have you know and that's i think part of it like you, if you feel like you have to like push down all of your feelings yeah, push it down until i can't deep down there <laughs> no i gotta go to the gym build muscles yeah and i think that's probably true Sorry. like and yeah. it's it's so much like this like masculinity and proving yourself to each other and it's like like calm down like there are plenty of women out there who are fine if you're not super macho no you know i don't think either of us are dating particularly like uber macho guys and we're in great relationships so just yeah i think it's just you need you need to talk to your friends about their feelings probably yeah like it's okay i you know it's okay to talk about feelings. bro to bro also i'm sorry to throw sean and john under the bus (laughs) (laughs) no i mean it's not i'm not saying that they're like they're not like not masculine yeah but it's not they're like, just not i think there's a difference between masculine and macho yeah and i think what a lot of people aspire to when they talk about toxic masculinity to me like i equate that with macho you know where you're yeah. just like everything i do is about getting laid and getting drunk <laughs> tough i'm, I'm like tough. i'm like moving my arms right now like a giant like I can hunt. Yeah. <laughs> Not gathering berries like those bitches out there. <laughs> those pussies be- gathering berries. Hunter gatherer. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Never touched a baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was like a, 
I think like Piers Morgan like said, like was a picture of some yes. dude. And he was like it was he Daniel. Was, like, it was um Daniel. Is it Craig the James Bond guy? Yeah, yeah. He like had his baby in a baby Bjorn, and he was just like carrying his child like people do all day long. And he was like tweeted it and was like, oh, is our James Bond now carrying babies? And I was just like, like men carry babies. Yeah, I'm men. S- like, what the? Did you have you never touched your child, Piers Morgan? Do you, you just have like children? never like like oh no, the woman always has to carry the baby because God forbid I touch a baby and then I'm gay yeah. or something. Like what, what is that? Because <laughs> you know that's what it is. Yeah. It's all like this like weird like homophobia like layered on top of it. Like yeah. oh, but then I'll look gay. Like yeah, like, calm down. Yeah. <laughs> shut the fuck up like use those big arms of yours to carry your baby yeah i also remember every time in high school there was like a trip or something like dudes like went out of their way to be like okay so we're gonna sleep i'm gonna sleep on the couch and then my bro's gonna sleep in the yeah. bed because god forbid we sleep anywhere near each other Whereas in the same like, bed and i'm like okay when i went on like trips with my like i went to an all-girls high school we'd all just like cuddle in bed yeah and we, we all would, slept in the same like, bed because like, like i remember my that friend, we all got to sleep in a bed yeah <laughs> i remember my friends and i used to like share an ipod like the old ipod pink mini oh yeah and, like, with the earbuds we, yeah. we did the boys would never do i know that. we'd like share earbuds as we like fell asleep and like talked about our feelings and like you know what it was one of the most tender moments of my life and men will never know this get talk with your bros about their feelings yeah get in bed with your bros get share share bros. an ipod mini <laughs> find an ipod mini <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah, anyway. All right. Well, we'll cap it there. Yeah, so, we'll um, cap it with that. Yeah. What Rex do you got this week, Emily? Okay. <clears throat> so. Here she goes. She's got right, her I'm phone pulling out. up my She's phone getting ready. so that I can tell you all about this trilogy that I'm reading. Okay. So it's called the Broken Earth Trilogy. The <laughs> first story um, or the first book is called The Fifth Season. It's written by N.K. Jemisin. Um, and they're like kind of like a sci-fi fantasy novels. And they're so good. I love them. Um, the the premise is kind of like it's presumably far in the future at some point at which humans have somehow fucked everything up and we have like very frequent earthquakes that often like almost completely destroy civilizations all so we were like constantly like trying to stay alive yeah um when you said like oh we live in a really fucked up society like we've humans have messed up everything i was like are we sure it's that far in the not future because like it sounds like next but, like, year constant earthquake <laughs> okay, future okay, okay. so cool, it's like cool, cool. so they're always kind of like desperately trying to like cling to keeping their civilization growing and alive and there are some members of this who have this ability to control earthquakes and like seismic activity what? but human we like they consider them subhuman and like non-human because they're afraid of what they could do even though they are the ones who are able to like slow down some of the earthquakes and prevent a lot of it so it's a lot about like prejudice and then hmm. and then there was a huge earthquake that like destroys everything it's so good i love it mm. yeah so all about Sounds seismic activity and also prejudice <laughs> She just did like a little like chin on yeah, hand chin like head cock. But yeah, it's really good, and I really like sci-fi and fantasy. So, and this this was won awards and stuff. So I would cool. definitely recommend it. All right, I'm gonna do. I I thought of another one, so I'm gonna do two. Okay. I'm gonna cheat. Yeah. No. Just okay. Do. So the first one is our book club book, which Emily and I are in a book club together yeah. with a few other people, and I'm. It's pretty much every book we if do. If you a book would like club, to join our book club, yeah, let and us you know. You live in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> please join because sometimes people flake and it's fine because they have lives and things happen we always have snacks but we always have snacks we always have wine That's or true. some form meredith of makes snacks. a really good bean dip i really do it's like that bean dip is, that recipe has traveled the, the like to the mm-hmm. ends of the earth like truly someone 
who really likes a bean dip recipe now lives in Germany. So my bean dip recipe has made it to Germany. Wow. Anyway, so we read, um, or some of us have not yet read. I oh, haven't read Emily. it yet, but I'm working on it. <laughs> we still have a month. That's fine. Um, we uh, were reading Kindred by Octavia Butler. Mm-hmm. And... It's a sci-fi book about a woman. Um, she's a 26-year-old black woman, and she is. It's like 1976, I think, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, and she like has this thing where suddenly she like travels back in time, like really without her, it, she can't control it. Um, and she goes back to like slavery times, and like basically, um, is ends up kind of interacting with like her ancestors, um, in a really interesting way that I won't spoil it, but it's really good. The first like third of it's a little slow, but like it gets so good and so interesting. Um, and like, I also just kept being like, man, what if I just ran out of time travel? But it's weird. Cause like she'll go back in time and she'll be there for like eight months. But when she comes back, she's only been gone for like a couple hours. Ooh. So it's really like trippy and cool and very ahead of its time. And um, I think just kind of, there's a lot of good discussions about like, um, about kind of, rape and bodily autonomy obviously because in times of slavery um that was not the case bodily yeah. autonomy did not exist uh, in general um and, and in particular for women in a lot of situations so um those conversations are really interesting and um conversations about race are really interesting and it, I, I feel like the it was written 40 plus years ago but it's like seems super ahead of its time and uh really cool and i'm like damn we should get an adaptation of this like this would be i wonder if there has been i looked it up and i didn't i don't think there was Hmm. but i mean it would be intense like it would be intense yeah pretty anyway so the other recommendation i have is completely different (laughs) it's almost funny that i'm mentioning these two things um i forgot i've been watching big mouth on netflix which Uh, is that like yes cartoon from john mulaney and nick kroll and like i'm not a huge fan of animated shows that are like geared towards adults because They've, they always just kind of annoy me with, like, the voices. And then I'm, I always just kind of like, ugh, whatever. Like, yeah. I've never, like, South Park I find super annoying. Even though, South like, Park is made for 13-year-old boys. Yeah. So it's, like, not. I'd, like, I'd Even re- though some of the writing is genuinely good. But, like, they lose me with the voices. Anyway. So, <laughs> Big Mouth. Um, it, it, it's, like, talks, you know, it's about these, like, kids going through puberty. Mm-hmm. And they there's, like, a hormone monster who comes in and, like, disrupts everything. And it's really funny because the two, like, main boys are, like, really good kids who, like, occasionally get corrupted by the hormone monster and it's like a good example of like like good guys you know not being like or like oh we shouldn't say that about women that's gross or that's weird um but then the hormone monster comes in and starts like massaging their shoulders <laughs> and, like, and there's this whole episode where um it's called girls are gr- girls are horny too oh that's a good one <laughs> and it's really funny because like the the like the main girl and it gets like introduced to her vagina and they actually like show her like talking to her vagina <laughs> in the mirror Cause like what teenage girl like hasn't taken a hand mirror and like looked at her own vagina. So it's like hilarious. Cause it's like Kristen Wiig is like this really sweet vagina. <laughs> She's like, oh my God, hi. <laughs> anyway, it's so funny. I like was, I like had my nose turned up at the show for a long time. And then I watched an episode and I was like, Oh, this is funny. And it is like mm-hmm. pretty gross in times. Yeah. Yeah. But, it's, but like, it's I'm, raunchy. Yeah. But I'm, I have kind of a raunchy sense of humor. So um, I was like, oh, well, this is, like, pretty on par for me. Yeah. <laughs> so. In the second season, they have a Planned Parenthood episode. Oh, God. So oh, that's you're getting great. into it. It's going to be fun. <laughs> they, like, talk about birth control types. It's oh, really, that's great. There's a diaphragm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a good friend of your mom's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Well, on that note, yeah. um, we'll cap it there for today. But um, you can find us online at wellbehavedwomenpod.wordpress.com. 
email us if you have any questions or suggestions or want to come on the show wellbehavedwomenpod mm-hmm. at gmail.com and as always follow us on the twitter at at wbw podcast or um, if you want to join our book club yeah <laughs> Seriously, if you're in Chicago and you're like, I want to join a book club, we start reading Kindred and then like start reading Kindred. <laughs> find me on Facebook and I will um, add you to the group and you can come to our book club. And, and nobody be I, Meredith has like a like I have a, like a menu. menu. I have yeah. a menu planned out for the Christmas one because we're not meeting until December and it involves cranberry brie bites mm. and like little pastry things, mold wine made in a crock pot. I got some bean dip going, as we said. Yeah. I'm gonna have Santa hat brownies, which it's are gonna friggin' be adorable. Cute. So, like, join us. <laughs> we really want people. To, we want like a big rowdy book club. I think that's our goal. <laughs> Talking about books, we talk about books like 20 percent of the time, and then goof off the rest. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So it's really more of a social club. Yeah. that Surrounds books. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right. On that note, we will see you in a couple weeks. Bye, guys. Yeah. Keep misbehaving. Toodles. <laughs>